When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, easy. What's up, guys? My name is Evan Duvall. This is Easy Does It. Thank you for joining us. All right, guys. Welcome to Easy Does It. My name is Evan Duvall. I'm here with Clay and Mateo, the founders of Mesmerize. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, Thanks man. I'm excited. Us. Yeah, we're back with episode 12. Um, it's a big weekend for y'all. Um, this entire weekend is a celebration of uh, the space that y'all have formed uh, here at Native Hostel. And I'm really excited to get into the story um, of how y'all came up with this project and, and how it's developed since. Um, so let's go ahead and get into introductions, whoever would like to go first and, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from and, and how we got here. My name is Mateo. I'm from San Antonio. Been in Austin for probably like 12 years now. Um, just kind of been in the production scene and the event scene. Um, do a lot of experiential design. Uh, yeah. And I'm Clay. Uh, been in Austin about 13 years now. Uh, also from San Antonio. Me and Mateo go way back. Uh, friends from high school. Our parents were actually friends in high school as well. Um, I went to music school in Boston and then ended up in Austin to play music and through playing shows and trying to make those more exciting and playing with lighting and stage design. Ended up working with Mateo on a few other production companies in my early 20s. And... Eventually, we became kind of events guys and started throwing parties and hosting events and doing more creative design work for other parties and events, brand activations, things like that. And then um, we ended up here with Mesmerize over the past year. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's amazing that y'all have known each other for so long and then now work together and have become partners through a lot of different ventures. And uh, it's an amazing story. He's um, definitely seen all the good and bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> through, through. through puberty and everything, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's amazing. Let's get into, um, so kind of what brought you to Austin um, and how that's how that's come together? Well, no, for me, uh, it, was, it was to play music. So mm -hmm. I went to music school in Boston. And when I was done there, you know, Austin's the live music capital of the world. I'm from San Antonio, so it's close to home, right. but, but not close enough to where I have to put up with all that all the time. So Did I you ever come over to distance. Austin when you were a kid? or Only once. Or I think I went to South by my senior year of high school. That mm -hmm. was the first time. But okay. other than that, I'd never really been to Austin. So is that what kind of fueled your motivation to move here with South by? Or? Uh, part of it, when I was in Boston, a lot of my friends from San Antonio had started making that trek up to Austin okay. to, to go to shows and go to parties in South by. And they were the ones talking it up. Oh, Austin's great, you know. Stop spending all that money in Boston and move back and start playing music in Austin. Yeah. So they convinced me. Man, I can't wait until South By is back in full swing and get that thing. I mean, South By canceled. That was the only thing that made me realize how serious of a thing the <laughs> pandemic was actually right. about to be. Yeah, it had to be at that point for so many people depend on South By um, for a lot of a lot of big breaks and stuff. Yeah. I was even in Japan when I heard that South By was canceled and I saw, you know, a lot of artists that are putting everything on the line to, you know, hopefully make their big break there. Um, whether they had quit their jobs or invested all the money they had or, and a lot of them still wanted to play. So it was interesting to watch that unfold, knowing how many lives were going to be impacted just by that being canceled. Um, yeah, I mean, South by had basically built our production company a few years before because it's such a 
an immersive interactive style of a festival because mm-hmm. there's the interactive portion. So all the big brands come through and throw these huge events where they go crazy, where they're hiring all these designers and artists to make their events really cool. So we ended up getting some big gigs the first year we started our production company. And that's kind of what put us on the trajectory to be like, okay, now we've, we know we can do a thing. Let's right. keep this going. And after a few years of doing it pretty well, felt like it was growing. And then we had a really big South by planned in 2020. And then every gig one by one just started getting canceled within like a seven day period. And then we were just like, what, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Like the whole industry was annihilated. So right. it was a weird, weird, scary time for us at that point. Yeah, for a lot of people. Um, but obviously what came next was um, an interesting period for y'all and a lot of other people where all of a sudden we had more space in our lives um, than we're used to. And it kind of gave us space to um, think about okay, what, what's coming next? Um, so, you know, what was that process like for y'all? You know, um, COVID hits. Um, was this already this idea of Mesmerize? I guess we should get into kind of what is Mesmerize? For, uh, as not everybody in the room has seen it. Um, I know a couple of people are planning to after. So let's, uh, let's get into, yeah, you so know, how it, yeah. Mesmerize is an immersive art museum here at Native Hostel. There's an event space back here. Um, it evolves around a character who got sucked through the multiverse. As they got sucked through the multiverse, they were able to grab their journal and have left journal entries in all the different worlds to help lead you along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and a past history of Mesmerize started as an event series here at Native. We grassroots here. Um, and just over time, they kept getting bigger and bigger. And mm-hmm. then the pandemic happened. And... Antonio was just like, hey, we got this empty event space. You guys want to do something? And at first, we were just like, I mean, who's going to come? It's a pandemic happening. <laughs> right. So it just took a little nudging on him. And I think uh, kind of talked us into it. And we we're like, all right, what, yeah. what else are we doing? We're not doing anything else. I was literally in my apartment for three weeks straight. Didn't leave. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was a person who would get my groceries and disinfect all my groceries at one point. Yeah. And then. I remember when I would see someone with a mask, I was like, oh my God, they got a mask. And then I'm over here with like gloves on. Yeah. So <laughs> it was just like, oh, we're not doing anything else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so like you said, we started Mesmerize as an event series at the end of 2018. Okay. And after we did the first couple of events, sort of made a name for what those events looked and felt like. And mm-hmm. so we kept those going throughout 2019, started building the brand and building the buzz around what we were trying to do. And um, we had had an idea for a long-term immersive exhibit, you know, right around the time we launched the first event. We had already, you know, put together a proposal and we're looking at buildings to try to work with. But we were also working pretty often with our production company. Mm-hmm. So there's just two of us um, in, the, in the production company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just getting started. So there's not a lot of... Uh, expendable income or even a lot of time because you spend all your days trying to find the next job because in the event world, once the event is over, that's it. So then it's on to find the next one. Right. So we had had the idea of wanting to do something more long-term for a while, but didn't quite have the right timing or the extra money or you know a building to utilize. Mm-hmm. And then the events all felt like they were growing very well. So we were just kind of sidelining that idea until mm-hmm. it made more sense. And then once the pandemic hit, like you said, you know, we're just sitting around doing nothing. Um, And we'd been building something for like almost 10 years, you know, working on these different production companies, figuring out what worked for us. And then it felt like we'd really gotten to the place where we're building and growing something. And then boom, just everything was pulled out from underneath us. Right. We're on unemployment for the first time in our lives. Don't, Don't know what to do. It's like we had... I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18 mm-hmm. and now I'm on unemployment. It's like, it didn't make sense to me in my right. lifestyle. Um, but at the same time, like Antonio, who owns Native and is also our partner in Mesmerize now, he was like, we're not doing anything. Put my space to use. It's yeah. just sitting there empty. Right. You already have the idea. Like, let's talk about it. Let's figure <laughs> it out. So we spent three months last summer concepting and building it out. And same way, you know, there's not a lot of money to spend on it. So mm-hmm. it's just me and Mateo spending like 14 hour days 
building and designing every two months straight in there. 15 hours yeah. a day. Yeah, so it was a lot of work. What was the opportunity that y'all saw really, I guess, before the pandemic, you're saying that you kind of had a plan um, for an immersive experience. Um, I guess, what what kind of potential did you see um, for acquiring this space? Was it um, just the ability to work to scale and, and build something? Um, was it more bringing people in and letting them enjoy that process and and what was it originally? And then how has that developed since? I think for a big part for us was, it was a part of it was scale, but mostly I think it was, how do we not burn ourselves out? Because mm-hmm. we had ended up being in the live event world. So like I said, once the event is over, it's over. And then you're on to the next one. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work that goes in on the front end of designing, building, contracting, doing everything that you need to do for an event. And then you run the event and then once it's over you got to tear it all down and most of the time these big like during south by all those parties just throw everything away if it's not owned by a company somewhere most of the time they're just throwing all that stuff away so for us it just seemed like a very wasteful industry and also it was costing us a lot of exertion Mm -hmm. and physical energy so we were already getting to the point to where we were just like we can only work in this capacity for very long, like for not too long. The amount of labor that's going into it for the two of us individually is not really scalable. So how can we figure out how to build something and show it off for a lot longer? Mm -hmm. We had gotten to where everything we made was only visible for one or two days. Right. And then that's it. And it always had a great response, but we were always like, man, it would be great if this lived for a little longer so more people could come see it and we don't have to tear it down and figure out what to like what storage place to put it in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and and how big is that space in the back? The one in here is 3500 square feet. Okay. And then before from what I understand is that y'all's installation started here at Native um just doing it out here in this open area before you had access to that, that space directly. Yeah, so it, um, it was so, kind of like a dance party and art experience that we were trying to promote. So we would have a few DJs and yeah. then set up a bunch of installations. Each event would have a different theme. So mm-hmm. we would cater the theme with all the installations. Yeah. And also, I think another part of it for me and Clay is, you know, I think we wanted to give people an atmosphere to disappear uh, into a new world. Get yeah. out, get out of the world. Let their imagination explore. Yeah. Let them be a part of the art. Let them interact with the art. Let them disappear, kind of disappear from everything around us and come into a good space that, you know, I love that. people can connect with. Yeah. Um, and I then. Think for you to be doing that already um, and then COVID come along and then I think the importance of people doing, being able to show up that way, I think that's really exciting to um, have already, you know, been in motion and to be here on the back end and receive um, individuals. Obviously, there was a lot of changes that had to be made along the way, um, a lot of learning. Um, but, you know, I think through COVID, people were, you know, isolated um, in solitude, they were looking for things they could do and for y'all to get access to the space and say, you know what, we're not going to give up on this. Um, we're going to continue to push forward. And, um, you know, what was that process like for y'all? Yeah, I, th- I think at first, you know, just we were just like, even if one person comes an hour, like, I think that's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we released tickets at 10 people an hour, face mask required. So it gave enough social distance between everyone. To feel safe in the space right and originally so, it was tough you know it was like the what, what we're getting from the media and what we're getting from it's um, hard to judge the climate. you know cdc yeah it was tough to judge because nobody really knew and so people were just going they're just throwing their hands up and going okay we're not going to do anything we're just going to wait this out right um so obviously there's opportunity for people to lean in there and go you know what people still need something to do let's just come up with the answer of how to do that safely right um and well and also for us because we're events guys and the mesmerized parties pre-pandemic were free events so the whole goal for everything we did really before was get as many people in here as possible mm-hmm. and you know, we would always push capacity limits if we could get away with it. Right. And then when we started designing the Mesmerize for to launch in the middle of pandemic mm-hmm. during an economic shutdown, it was like a whole new challenge because we had to figure out how to design it in a way 
for it to be safe. So that way, even if the city said it was okay for us to open in a small limited capacity, we still needed to have it look like it was going to be safe for the potential guests. Mm -hmm. So that way they felt comfortable coming at all. Right. So we did as much as we could to, you know, the capacity in that room is probably about 200 people. And like you said, we limited it to 10 um, every hour. And one of the surprising things that we didn't anticipate, because all we were doing was making it as safe as possible so that way anybody would actually show up. But once they did start showing up, the feedback and the response that we got from the people was they were truly immersed. Their immersion and what they got from their experience was so much more of an elevated experience than we had anticipated because of the timing. Well, because of the timing and because they were in there by themselves. Mm. So a lot of the other experiences that exist in the nation that are similar, um, you know, didn't they weren't operating in the same capacity during the pandemic because there were such large establishments. Right. So your experience there a lot of the time is waiting in line for an installation or bumping into somebody because there's so many people there. And, you know, we would have people come and if they came to the first hour, like on a Wednesday, Mm -hmm. they might have the whole room to themselves, just a couple. So now you have this whole immersive art experience, which is you and your significant other. So you really get to have a magical moment in there. So that's one of the things we're really trying to hold on to as we expand and grow is how do we not lose sight of that special part of the like the intimacy with the experience right because obviously it is a business so we we do want to sell as many tickets as possible Mm -hmm. but not at the expense of the actual experience so that's one of the learning lessons that we've gotten from having it open in the middle of a pandemic with all these limitations which ended up being sort of perks and bonuses mm-hmm. for us yeah of limitations just because you leaned in and you said okay we're not gonna give up we're just gonna right. adapt here um people still need still need somewhere to go yeah um, i think there's been some pretty beautiful moments in there there's been a proposal a marriage that's happened inside uh there's been several music videos that have happened inside so it's really amazing to see um how people connect with it sure the proposal yeah. was really fun because the <laughs> the the groom the future groom, the husband, he uh, coordinated with us and our Mm -hmm. staff to be a part of the surprise. So we all had these little roles and responsibilities because he was coming in with his soon-to-be fiancé and a friend, and we had blocked off the entire hour for them. And he gave Mateo a role where he showed up in the middle of them walking through the exhibit to serve her papers. Yeah, I got got to serve someone. (laughs) It was kind of cool. And uh, totally caught her off guard because she's a... um, She's actually going to be one of our vendors today. She's a tarot reader. But um, so as soon as she walked in, she was really excited to be on the journey that they were about to embark on. Yeah. But then Mateo comes out of nowhere and serves her papers. And I would have gone like, way what? off script. What is I would have taken that <laughs> far and right. Yeah. I was so nervous. I was like, oh, I hope I don't mess this up. This is like a big deal. But then her whole family was like in the back and they all came out and it was super beautiful. And my dad was there as well, and we were like in the back, and me and him just look at each other and was like, "Man, are we about to cry right now? Like, this <laughs> yeah. is pretty beautiful. It's intense. <laughs> the music in there amplifies yeah, right. everything as well. Yeah, I think that's uh, interesting to talk about. Um, you know, so you started building the installations. You started really having a, a one month timeline to get everything done, right? It was two months. Okay, um, two but months. we concepted a month before that, and then right, yeah, you started build out. July 1st and then we opened September 3rd. Yeah. So So it was full on build out. Like I said, it was 15 hours a day for two months straight. Not one day off. There was a few times me and him were trying to figure out new ideas and then we were just like, well, what paint is going to be on this one? And I was like, pink? We have a lot of pink. And then he's like, no, not just because we, you know, and then we're like, just back starting and to like, yeah, we're just like, oh, just like pulling out our hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was, childhood friends turned into business partners and then creators. But it was and also, now you have a deadline. Yeah. So deadline really brings on some pressure. Sure. But it was really beautiful because new um, installations, new passageways kind of opened up mm-hmm. as we were building. So it was like, man, what if we put a tree here? And what if we put an armoire on the other side and kind of like a Narnia style door? walk through and now you're in a new world and right yeah it definitely was a very like organic process because we went in there with one idea and then you start sort of putting the idea together in a sketch form so you can consider it 
you saw some of our sketches. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then once you once you start putting stuff on the walls and start seeing things physically, the ideas start to morph and transform. Sure. So you start to get new considerations to think about, and so that's where some of the probably more of the fan favorite pieces in there probably came out of because it didn't come as an idea until we. You saw the opportunity. We saw it yeah. in there. We could feel, oh, something's missing here. Mm-hmm. What does it need? So Yeah, I think that's that, that can translate into a lot of things. Is that once you have access to space and once you make that space in your life, then you really see, you know, how opportunities start to unfold. You see the potential of how things can come together. Um, you yeah. obviously start to involve other people um, who have something to bring to the table. Um, but if we can, if we can get access to those spaces, then then people can truly try, start to express themselves. And the final product is, is truly enjoyable because you can see the time and effort and collaborations that went into it. Um, there's so many ways to do that in this world. And um, I encourage anyone that, you know, has, a, has a, an idea um, to lean in and, and make that step. And uh, action inspires action. And a lot will be learned on the way, you know. Um, usually when you start something, you have an idea of what your end product is going to be. And I'm sure that it's yeah. just been completely it's, it different. It started as a, a Google Doc of just installation ideas. And then there was another Google Doc of the narrative that we were trying to put across. Um, and we were just kind of building the story at the same time. We were just like, okay, well, what will fit into the story? And what, what installations will be fun? Uh, right. what, can, what can we afford? Uh, so it was kind of... And did y'all have like artists approaching you like saying, okay, we, we didn't really do like an open call or anything mm-hmm. like that. But since we've been in the art scene and the music scene for so long, we do have a lot of resources, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, production companies or actual artists who do all sorts of different things. So as we're building, we definitely, and this is the way that we kind of work too, is we have an idea and then it's like, all right, based on our skill set, are we the best person to make this happen? Or do we know somebody that we can bring on? So some of the pieces in there were outsourced to other people that we know. Yeah. Um, and But for the most part, we were asking them to do a certain thing to make our vision come to life. Right. There was really only one piece in there that was previously built mm-hmm. um, that we worked out a deal with the artist to put it in there. And mm-hmm. it just happened to be a coincidence because the title of her piece was called The Mesmer. So when we met her at an event a year before, she was like, "You guys are called mesmerized. Yeah. I have this piece called the mesmer. mesmer. Mm-hmm. So we should work together sometime." And so when we were building the garden, I was like, "We got to get that piece because it's the, the synchronicity and like yeah. the whole theme of everything. It's worked too well together for it not to be in there. So. Sure, and it's worked out great. And I think we wanted to work with more artists. I I just don't think we had the means and the budget right. to bring on more artists. So it was. We did what we could and brought as many artists as we could, but it was mostly Clay and I just coming yeah. up with these concepts and building as much as we could. Yeah, we've yeah. done a lot in the past where in our early 20s with the other, you know, production companies that we'd worked with where you're asking for favors for promotion from artists. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who doesn't want to receive that request, we tend to not like to ask people to do stuff unless we can offer them Something, fair compensation yeah, in some way. Beneficial. So for this, it was just like, it meant so much to us and it was going to be so much work for us. We didn't want to ask anybody to do anything for us unless we could compensate them in some way. So yeah. we definitely tried to keep things, you know, slim just mm. because of that. Because it just, you know, everyone, especially in the pandemic, it's like, I don't want to ask you to, you know, bust ass for us if I can't give you anything. Right. So we really tried to to be mindful of all that. And we like to do a lot of things ourselves. We talked about that earlier. You know, <laughs> yeah, we definitely as, do. Very as, DIY. Yeah, as you scale a business and um, you learn more about how to be a leader in certain roles and how to approach people differently. Um, but originally, you know, uh, being a creative and, and having that entrepreneurial spirit of just like, you know what, I need something done. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. And uh, there is a learning process to that and the ability to scale and bring people on so you can conserve a little bit of your energy um, instead of just always being on high output and expending you know, everything you have to make a dream happen. Yeah. So um, it, was, th- it was really funny because we went straight from build to opening and mm-hmm. then we were the employees. 
Yeah. Uh, I was inside and Clay was running the desk. And about three weeks into it, we were like, man, we should probably get employees because <laughs> yeah. we're here Thursday through Sunday. Yeah. Checking and, every ticket, going then, through the spiel. And then I had, I had to hear the music inside for like 12 hours straight. Yeah. I, I had to come out and get some fresh air because… Well, I thought that was hilarious that, you know, people would come out of the experience and be like, that was amazing. Who built this? And you're like, like, we did. (laughs) They're like, why are you checking tickets? Yeah, it it was (laughs) definitely more than a few people would be sort of like dumbfounded when they would ask me who built it. And I said, me and the guy inside. And they're like, they couldn't quite comprehend because they're like, oh, I just thought you were a door guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I built and designed everything in there. You know, yeah. it's the middle of a pandemic, so we're doing what we can. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, well, we got employees. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an amazing experience, man. I've, I'm I'm really proud of what y'all have done. Yeah, thanks, and, man. And for y'all to, like I said, step up in that way and and not shy away, um, is is inspirational. And the, the effort that y'all have put in, um, it, it shows. And a lot of pre- people have been able to escape, um just the raw reality um an intense world we've been living in um yeah and that's last year like with that escape thing um when we were when we knew we had the opportunity and we're like okay what is it going to be mesmerized in the event series was always a traveling dance party and art experience so every event got to have its own little theme Mm -hmm. now that we knew this was going to be a more ongoing thing we're like what is this going to be so it was well what are we going through right now oh we're in the middle none of us can do any of the things that we thought that we would be doing right now. Nobody wants to be in this situation. We're all looking for an escape. We're all having to readjust to this new normal. We all want to get out of this world a little bit. So that was the goal. We're like, how can we build something to where people know they're about to go on a little journey out of this world for a little while sure. and get some relief, Yeah, ideally. And and as we you know move on to the future, there's like so many different ways to do that as technology gets better and better. Um, it's, it's beautiful to see people to escape in such an interactive experience. And I think that we're going to see a, a really amazing progression of that in our lifetime. Um, you know, what, what was, you know, fictional reading or, uh, movies for a lot of people. Now they can go somewhere and they can see something and walk through it and, and follow along and, it's just such a beautiful concept and uh, I'm excited to see how it progresses. And um, with that, you know, I, I, I know that y'all are, are working on, you know, bigger, bigger projects now and, and uh, this space is actually coming to an end. So um, what's on y'all's horizon? Well, we are in the middle of trying to find a permanent new location. So the goal is to expand, make the exhibit bigger and to also have, a larger footprint in our facility so that way we can have our own private event space and music venue. Um, and Native has been wonderful to us. You know, we go way back since they opened their doors. They've been bringing us on to help with their productions. And Antonio, who's our partner now, has been amazing to bring us on and let us do what we have here. And it's been a learning experience for all of us. And it's been, you know, successful for all of us as well. So we're excited to grow. We're still figuring out what all that looks like in, in the, these next steps. But hopefully within the next year, we'll be able to reopen our new permanent location. And then, and, you know, I don't have any other things to share with it about that. But mm-hmm. it's going to be very fun and very exciting. So I'm yeah. excited to share it with the, you. The once place we are it. trying to get is amazing. And I, yeah. hope, I hope we get it. It's yeah, like me this too. concrete jungle that's perfect for yeah. Mesmerize. Um, and it's a bigger footprint for sure. It's really exciting, man. I, I think um, it's it's beautiful to you know be here in Native and see how how welcoming they are um, to different you know individuals and creatives that are trying to step up and um, serve the community in some sense and and uh, you know uh, perfect their crafts and they're very supportive of that. And you look at that schedule and it's just amazing how many different types of DJs and individuals that are stepping up. They're all over the place. Ever since we've been here, it's like you walk in, you're like, what are they doing today? Yeah. I love that. Um, And that's what we love about it too. And I think that's one of the things that we wanted to hold on to as we grow and get our own facility because Native's done such a great job of being a versatile facility Mm -hmm. for doing doing whatever they think is fun and cool, which is what we want to be able to do. So one of the limitations being here at Native is that there's so many things happening at Native and, you know, not that what they're doing isn't great, but it's just hard 
to control the experience from start to finish mm -hmm. for us. So in the new space, that's what we'll be able to do. Right. So whether you're at the bar cafe at our space or you're in the venue at our space, it'll all look and feel like mesmerized. Sure. So it'll be just a little more cohesive overall. Yeah. Yeah. And what's what a great, you know, um, you know, launch pad to to go from is, you know, what what you originally saw and what you got access to here was space. And through that process, you learned what was possible. And then um, you could kind of let your imagination run with what, you know, yeah. is what the potential is. Yeah. And our, and our event series are coming back. We're, gonna mm -hmm. we're doing one today. Yeah. Stick we're doing around. one today, yeah, yeah. today and tomorrow. It's going to be 4 to 2 a.m. today. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow is going to be 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. We have four um, DJs today. We have three DJs tomorrow. A huge vendor market that's taking over the space. You know, unfortunately, it did rain. So all of our outdoor activities are being pushed inside, but we're going to make it work. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sure. Yeah. So I'm just excited that the events are back. And yeah, the events you're not the only that. ones. I think uh, everybody's just incredibly happy to, <laughs> to be back out yeah. and for, for live music to be a part of our lives again. And, yeah. and um, you know, to get out and, and see people. Because, you know, as we've touched on before, is that, you know, a lot of people in that solitude, um, in their quarantines, they had time to go inward and think about how they were going to express themselves and write new music and, and develop different ways of doing art. And, you know, now we're seeing the products of that. So if you see that um, out in public and people stepping up and, and trying to serve in that way, just know that that came from a very real place. Um, and a lot of inspiration came out of this last year. And I think we have the, the opportunity to flip that narrative on its head that, you know, 2020 sucked or whatever, that it was all bad. It's like, that it drives me crazy because of the amount of growth that I went through personally um, in that year, whether, you know, I like what's going on, on or not, like time is going to pass. And so we have the ability um, to take a step back and just say, okay, why am I, why am I telling myself this story? Um, is it is it influenced by something outward? Is it the media? Is it our, our loved ones that have, you know, a negative um, idea of what's going on in the world just because they're isolated and they're feeding into that? Um, or can we take a step back and start to, you know, ask ourselves, where is our perspective coming from? And how do we want to show up in the world? Even if that is just like our immediate surrounding. Um, so y'all are an example of that. Yeah, I think I was kind of at a low uh, whenever we started building Mesmerize, just like everyone else. And it forced me to be creative when I wasn't. Creative. Yeah, you had energy to put into something that a lot of people just were just kind of stuck. Like, okay, we're just going to wait this out. But like yeah. life is short. And obviously, yeah. like, I mean, there's still people that are just like just waiting. You know, like in Austin, it's very alive. Things are open. Um, but I know that's not the case, you know, and then a lot of places around the country, um, people are still, you know, wondering if it's safe to come back out. And yeah, we were definitely um, fortunate to be stuck here. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know that's the case. You know, I was I was overseas when all of this happened and, and made my way back to, to Austin about after, you know, three or four or five months of, of quarantines and regulated by the military and that was not Oof. fun and so when i got back stateside i was up in seattle actually first and um you know before when i was in japan uh we couldn't leave base and we weren't supposed to leave our rooms couldn't even go to the gym but i was like i'm going to the gym because if anybody's at the gym that wants to get me in trouble they're not supposed to be at the gym either <laughs> so uh loopholes um but i made my way back to the states and i was like my feet hit the ground. I was like, yes, I'm free. I'm about to get out of the military. Let's go get a beer. And I remember sitting downtown Seattle and there is nobody on the streets. And places were open. Like they needed business, you know, come in with your mask, grab a beer, go sit outside. And I remember just thinking like, I could hear a pin drop in the streets of Seattle and you'd see Drinking a car a beer by yourself. Outside. Yeah. And you'd see a car every 15 to 20 minutes. All the windows were boarded up. I was like, what is this? And then I was up there for about a month, got back to Austin and people were still talking about quarantine. And in my mind, I was like, everything is wide open. <laughs> like I can go out to eat. I can, I can go do, I can go to the park. I can go run. You know, I couldn't do any of that stuff overseas. So um, and obviously now, like that, that's just getting everything's more and more open. Um, people are finally feeling safe, and 
And uh, I think it's now is the time, you know, just as it was last year to lean in and, and ask ourselves, how, how can we do this safely? How can we make people, you know, feel secure and, and um, like we have their best interests in mind and obviously access to some things that are very important, um, which is social interaction, it's creativity, it's the use of the imagination. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're party guys. So yeah. all we're trying to do all the time is hang out with our friends and have a good time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when we couldn't do it anymore, it's like, I mean, what do we even do now? Right. So, I mean, we definitely, you know, went through that COVID depression for a while. For, for me, I was like, oh, okay, well, I can't do anything else. So I guess I'm going to spend my time doing all the creative and like personal productive things that I've been telling myself I didn't have time for anymore. Which is amazing. You know, so I, I started practicing music and trying to get a, a good gym routine in mm-hmm. because I was so busy working all the time that I was like, oh, I don't have time for this stuff. And I was like, well, I don't have an excuse. So I'm going to do that. But that only lasted like one or two months before Antonio started you know, kicking us, saying, "Hey, let's do something." Yeah, yeah. So then we had that we're very we're very project oriented. So once we mm-hmm. had a project to work on, it's it's all in. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me as well it was like a personal growth moment, learn more about myself, and then I also picked up a little DJing. I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, well, I've always wanted to learn how to DJ. Might as well." Um, picked up a little rig, and I was just like dancing by myself in my a little apartment. It was a lot of fun. It's <laughs> a pretty healthy way to cope <laughs> with isolation. Yeah. Yeah, I do the same thing. My neighbor would be texting me like, "Yo, are you like partying next week?" <laughs> like, yeah, by myself. <laughs> I'm practicing. Don't come over. <laughs> That's Those amazing. Lawyers. Yeah, I, I I I don't think you're the only one in this room that dances alone, you know. Or that picked up DJing in the last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. There's plenty of those out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, cool guys. Yeah. So, um, you know, what's, what's next? Um, yeah, right now we're just trying to get that next building. I think, you know, we're right now we're just concepting a bunch of installations, seeing like what the next one looks like is mm-hmm. same way. The first one is just like a Google doc of ideas, uh, names, themes, trying to figure out if we're going to take the narrative element that we started here and expand, either on, expand it. on it or if, you know, we just capture this and sort of put it to an end and do something entirely new. Sure. Um, still figuring out what it's all going to look like. I'd like, look, I'd look like to start like. a new a new theme. I kind of want to steer away from the space yeah. element. I think everyone does the space theme. I think I'd like to figure out how we can do something. Yeah. A little more fresh. Something new. Yeah. And with this with this new venue, you think you'll get? You're saying you think you'll get like live music involved? You think you'll have? Yeah, well, live music for sure. And one of the things that we ran into here is because we took over Native's event space. Now there's not one for us or them to use. So when we got hit up for people who wanted to book it out for a private session, or you know, whether it's a birthday party or like a bachelor party or bachelorette party, something like that, we couldn't really accommodate that. Mm-hmm. So that is the goal is to have a separate but connected space that we can do our own special programming, whether it's shows on the weekends or we have somebody who wants to do a sort of private rental, then we can accommodate that without interfering with the general public and their ability to just walk through the space on their own. Right. So it will definitely be, and as a music guy too, I mean, I'm always looking for a way to have a fun place to bring the artists that I want to see live. Yeah. So that would be, you know, Great for, great for me. Yeah, absolutely. So what's going down this weekend? The big banger, huh? The big banger. We're big here. Banger. You're all here. It's about to start. So like you said, today we're going four to two. We have a vendor market outside. Well, outside of this room. And um, DJs will be here and in the South Wing uh, just here shortly. Um, yeah. Tomorrow. As, as I was sitting here, I was like, is that sun? Are we about know, to like get sun, to, are we about to get done with this and move everything back outside but I don't, <laughs> right. I don't think we're gonna I don't do that think, i think yeah. the, i think the backyard's muddy enough to keep us inside today but yeah yeah well, it's, awesome. it's a free party so anyone who's here you know stick around we're gonna be going all night tonight and tomorrow's more day party vibe so 11 to 8 um and tomorrow afternoon upstairs we have some special programming we're featuring the mesmerizing ladies of austin so we have some more health and wellness like workshop oriented activities that'll be going from 11 to 4 upstairs and then through the rest of the day, we'll have DJs in a vendor market and we've showcasing some other art installations. And then Mesmerize is open uh, 
general admission tickets like usual. Mm-hmm. There are some hidden general admission tickets, FYI. So. We did hide 24 tickets around oh. Native. So if you find them, wow. they're good for two admissions if you find a single ticket. Don't take them all. <laughs> yeah, everybody just leaves. They're just like, out. <laughs> like, see you guys later. <laughs> you'll see him. You'll, you'll, you might find one. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna leave it. It open. says the Big Banger on it. Um, oh, if someone found one. But we, uh, oh. we haven't made a public announcement yet, so you guys are the first to hear it. So you have a head start. Boom. Oh, two found. Dang. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome, guys. I think uh, I think we're all appreciative of what y'all have done here. Thank you for having us. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, I think that's that's why Easy, Easy Does It, you know, was formed. Um, that's what my motivation was to you know expand this platform and continue to show up. Is is uh, there are people out here coming up with answers of of how to keep this city uh, progressing and and different avenues of of expression and creativity. And um, I think that just public, you know, general awareness of, of what's going down and, and when um, and how to get involved is super important. You know, that's what's going to shape the culture of the city in the future. Um, and just using our voices and attending these things and calling attention to them um, or, you know, using your platform, like maybe you can make it to something, but your friend sends you a flyer um, just to get the word out. We can all do that for each other. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity there to shape and steer the direction that we want to go. Um, what's important to us, what's been around generationally, rather than just who's got the most money and who's going to buy out these buildings. Like we can really work together. Um, yeah, to, community is everything. I mean, like I said, is, we're party guys. So all we're trying to do is have a great time with cool people. Yeah. And we're always looking to make more friends and meet more interesting people and facilitate environments and experiences that allow people to come and have a good time. Mm-hmm. And so if you are looking to get involved or reach out to us in any way, you can find us on Instagram cool. at this is mesmerize or just on our website at this is mesmerize.com. You can always send us an email or a DM if you're looking to get involved in any kind of way. We're always looking to meet new people. So Badass. feel free to reach yeah, out. I'm just super excited to continue um, the art scene here in Austin by local artists and mm-hmm. bring an immersive uh, experience to Austin and keep it going. Yeah, that's I think, super I think people need it. That's super important to me too. And, and uh, you know, the, the narrative so far has been like support local. Um, you know, these the restaurants that we attend, the coffee shops that we go, the artists that we see. Uh, out, you know, if it's an extra dollar to support them um, here and there, or just just letting people know that they're appreciated, um, or that you know you see them and see what they're doing, and and uh, get something out, get something out of that, because that that fuels um, motivation and more creativity more than anything else. And we're going to start seeing that expressed in, in very colorful and very interactive and very beautiful ways. Um, whether it's from from jewelry or interactive art experiences or concerts or you know venue space or podcasts or whatever it is, just everybody just step up and do something to help each other out. You know, distract each other. You know, I don't want to say distract. I don't like that word. But, <laughs> you know, just get out and live our lives. Um, but cool. Let's uh, let's go ahead and open it up. I want to do a Q and A Q&A, uh, real quick. Let's bust this mic off real quick. Uh, we're going to take this one off. Yep. Cool. If anybody has any questions, let's go ahead and uh, step up. We don't have as much core, but you're good there. Yeah. Cool. Hey, y'all. What's up, so how much, how much did your vision for Mesmerize uh, actual, like actualize? So, you said you had the Google Docs. You said you had some plans going into it. Um, how much did that vision for what y'all saw really come into physical here? And also, uh, another side question. Um, how did you overcome that hardship that everybody had to experience, which was for y'all, you said the unemployment, which was something that you know nobody expected what kept you grounded during that time? Like any hardship, what kept y'all grounded during that? And then also the vision, how much did that play in the end role or the end 
product here. So for the vision part, I think, um, I would say probably 50-50. You know, we went in there with one idea and sketched it out. And then like we were saying earlier, as you start building it, it sort of changes and morphs and you start to realize what's like, what's physically possible and feasible based on the, the physical space and like the boundaries and confines that you're working within. Um, and then you start getting new ideas. So when those new ideas start popping up, you start telling your, or asking yourself, is this better than what I've thought before? Yeah. So, and then you talk about it. And thankfully, there's two of us. So we can bounce those ideas off of each other and um, come to some sort of common ground a lot of the times. Um, and then, yeah, usually, you know, we have our moments, but we do pretty good. And then for the other part, go for it. Yeah, there was one time where I measured a wall three inches taller, uh, building, we were framing a wall and and instead we were putting it up and that's was, what I'm and saying instead of bringing it back down to take off those three inches everybody was like well let's just sledgehammer it into place <laughs> so I think we took three hours probably to sledgehammer it into place and took way more energy than to just bring it down um, so you know there was definitely lots of obstacles um, and then the wall goes from this to <laughs> this because you switched it in there so much I think as far as the the next question, I, I think, um, like I said, it kind of forced me to be creative when a place when I wasn't creative. Um, so sometimes ideas that we had, I was like, oh, I don't know if that, that's going to look good or I don't know if people are going to want to be in that room. And I just wonder how people are going to take it. Uh, definitely whenever we opened the doors, I was very... Uh, I was like, man, I wonder what people are going to think of this. They're going to think it sucks. And then, like, after three months of being in there working, I was just like, man, it's okay. Yeah, I think it's all right. It's not bad. Um, so it's definitely lots of obstacles, uh, especially mentally, uh, that we had to overcome. And I think just being there and building it uh, kind of helped me just be creative, just got it out of them. Yeah, yeah stepping kinda... up and, and being creative when you necessarily weren't in a creative space, but you are creative, right? That's the resistance. <laughs> right. That is that's the resistance. That is the war of art, right? Yeah. And um, a lot of us feel that in a lot of different ways. Um, but what you lean in and you push, you push back into that. And you're not hard on yourselves about it. At times we are. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, it's just a part of the process. And obviously, like, when you get on the back end of that, um, when you feel the most resistance, there's, there's something more important. You're getting closer. Um, but you know, the end product of whatever you're creating, um, will be special and you will get a bigger and larger sense of fulfillment out of that because of the hustle. Right. So, yeah, I think, you know, to, to follow up with what Mateo was saying, um, because we're so project oriented, once we had something that we felt was worth working on, then you just sort of focus on that and you you're not really considering anything else that's happening as much as you were when you're just sitting at home in your apartment watching the news trying to make sense of what's happening now we just sort of aren't even thinking about that and we're just it's all right immediate. yeah we just have to build this all right the walls need to be painted so time to paint the walls they need to be mm -hmm. built you know so you get into this flow to where that's what you're consumed with and that allows you to sort of you know, work through the unsettling emotions that were just here because of this weird reason. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I, I'm like always trying to be better about practicing gratitude because I've been able to do lots of things in my life, all sorts of weird jobs, whether it's creative or business. And I feel very fortunate to like have the opportunities that I've had. Mm -hmm. So when Antonio was presenting us with this opportunity it didn't it was it did because of the pandemic took me a second to view it as an opportunity but once it felt like an opportunity then it's real easy for me personally to be like i'm doing something worthwhile so mm -hmm. i feel good about that because that's what i want to be i just want to be spending my time doing something interesting something fun something creative I'm, i like to make things yeah and i like to host i'm a big host you know whether as you can tell like we're about to have you know, probably over 500 people show up here today. So I love the host. And, you know, it got 
it was, I was thankful that we had an opportunity mm-hmm. because it, it all felt like we were being like forced into this obligation of dealing with, you know, the pandemic and an economic shutdown. And it just felt like it was coming from the ether and you're just like, I don't so know. So much what, bigger than you. So much bigger. I can't do anything about this. So mm-hmm. what can I do? I, oh, I can make this thing and maybe somebody can look at it. I love that. And it's such a great so, response. Yeah. Yeah, we need more of that in this world. And, and you know, that that ability to, you know, for what was Antonio for y'all, and I have a feeling that y'all will take in people in the future. The position that you're putting yourself in is promoting, you know, expression and creativity. And that's just going to be a chain reaction. That's what's going to make this city special. That's what's going to, you know, inspire artists to step up and express themselves. It's, it's just happens generationally. And, you know, once you put yourself in that position, then you can, you can recognize that guy that's in the grind and trying to make it happen and maybe getting no response at all. Yeah, it was a very surreal experience. And I love just walking through there all the time and taking videos on my phone, mm-hmm. uh, putting music to it. And just to me, it's, it's, I'm very thankful for the opportunity. Uh, I think it's a very beautiful experience. And I, like I said, I love just walking through there, cruising awesome. through. Sometimes I have to leave because I'm just like... I'll find things that I want to fix or do. And I'm just like, I need to go. Yeah. It's just like, time to leave. For sure. <laughs> Let's get another question. What's up, bro? Hey, what's up, y'all? So, I'm curious. I've got two questions. Uh, the first one I'll ask is, what was your inspiration while doing this? And do you have any other artists that you, you study and you get inspiration from? Uh, the direct inspiration was the pandemic. Was how can we create something to offer an escape? We want to escape this world right now. What can we do to, to make that sort of come to life in a physical way? And then as far as artists, I'm, yeah. Um, he comes from a photography and video background, and I'm a musician. Um, you know, I went to music school and was here in Austin playing in bands and doing touring for like eight years before I felt like, I was more of an events guy than I was a performer, um, more of an event producer. So there's a, I mean, I think we have a, a wide range of people that we sort of follow and are, are inspired by. Um, and we're always exploring new experiences like this and seeing other artists who are creating large scale installation pieces, whether it's like a, like a James Terrell or a Kusama kind of thing. Um, you know, those people have really interesting ways to take like something that seems simple and basic and they turn it into this big immersive experience in some way. Like Kusama does the infinity rooms Mm -hmm. and James Terrell will take like seven lights and put them in a massive room and turn it into this beautiful lightscape that you're like, how did you (laughs) like do that with so little? Um, so I'm always very interested in the process of things to see how stuff is done. Sometimes it gets a little like burdensome because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, do I even enjoy anything anymore? I'm constantly analyzing, constantly trying to pick up tricks and tools and tips from things. But I think at our core, we're both just huge art fans, whether it's music or visual art. Um, and we're always taking in everything that's around us to try to get new ideas and continue like to be inspired. For sure. What about you, Mateo? Definitely Kusama is a huge inspiration. Uh, no No Tech. Uh, they're pretty amazing artists. Uh, they do a lot of light installations. Um, and also just seeing... Uh, someone you could collaborate with or something? Possibly. I would... They operate as a duo. We have always operated as a duo. Oh, I, I, okay. I see... So yeah, I think I, for me, I always liked that because I was like, oh, they figured out how to do this duo art thing instead of one, like instead of the artist, they're a duo. And I was like, we've always just worked together. And so we don't have as strong like individual personas cool. as the thing that we've always made together. Mm-hmm. So that Nonotech was always a big inspiration for me in that kind of way. And I think he's probably more because of the actual art they're making. And I also think just everything around me, seeing what people, what engages people, what do people want to play with, what do people want to take photos with, how can we engage um, 
more people. Just like how what what is fun for them is more of like what's around me, what I notice in my everyday life, what do people like to do. Um, I think that's a huge inspiration to help me with my art that I think I can express it and engage, um, make people disappear, interact with the art, take photos with the art, I think is a huge inspiration for me. Um, it's just noticing that. Yeah, yeah, I really like like the how you mix the <laughs> graphics and video. I've I've been inside of Mesmerize. This is a I was I was there like a couple months ago. I think I think I've changed nice. it since then. Thanks for coming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Definitely the, like to the projections back artists. here is the guy sitting right behind you, Andrew. Yeah. He did yeah, do one of the pieces inside for us. Right. He's working on a nice uh hopefully getting this lights licensed. Hopefully. Um okay, so my second question. Sorry. Uh I like I like production work and live events. Who doesn't? Um, EDC has always been a big one for me. Like you know, Electric Daisy Carnival on Vegas. What is um, what's your favorite production you've worked for and why? Oh, that we've worked for. Um, so mine. Uh, I'll take. I this did one. the. <laughs> I worked for, uh, I was a projectionist for um, a Sony show uh, for South By probably like three years ago. And it was the Sony Wow House, I believe. And to me, that everything that they did in that, they just totally transformed this uh, warehouse. And I was the projectionist on this job that they um, were projecting um, dancers and a performer in Tokyo, and they were live streaming them in Austin, projected onto these acrylic panels uh, that they were hologram panels. So no latency at all coming from all the way from Tokyo. And wow. there was nine panels, and there was a singer in the middle that was also in Tokyo, and you would walk around see us the front of him and then you would walk to the back of the acrylic panel and you would see the back of him and so that was two projections hitting one acrylic panel so that was just an amazing um, opportunity and uh, I, I got to experience it and saw what they did and the amount of tech that they brought in uh, it was just it's amazing. Uh, another one for me, I was on this uh, show called Marvel Universe Live. I was a projectionist. Um, it was a superhero stunt show inside arenas. It was a crazy show. There was like 29 semi-trucks that we would have to go in each city, set up. It would take three days to set up. There was like 26 projectors, all projection mapped and blended into one big image. Um, it was really cool. There was a lot of superheroes, uh, Captain America fighting Loki, um, pyrotechnics like motorcycle jumping um that was a lot of fun for me that was whenever i experienced um just like projection mapping on a huge level uh, that really taught me a lot and then another one i i worked for a circus uh doing video and audio uh that was crazy lions and tigers uh, no bears um I, I i saw i saw an elephant go through an led wall because the performers would actually have to open and close LED wall and they didn't open it fast enough and elephant went through an LED wall and they kind of blew up everywhere and it was it was quite uh, an, an insane pyro experience or I would come open up a drape and there'd be a tiger right there and I'm just like all right going the other way <laughs> no tigers for me today uh, but those were all different experiences that taught me a lot uh, live production stuff and help me benefit the, the stuff I do. Yeah, he's definitely had more uh, experience working for large-scale productions as a projectionist and a video guy than I have. Um, but to touch on that Sony project he was talking about, that event really was... I didn't work, get to work at that, but I did get to go hang out and watch what he was doing. And it was so far out. They're doing, like he said, they're doing 4K video and audio simultaneously streaming back and forth from Austin and Tokyo so that because the DJ playing the music is here in Austin and the singer and dancer are in Tokyo and they're all being simulcasted like audio and video back and forth to each other so they can perform live here in Austin while the performance is happening in Tokyo also and it was wow. just this plus hologram stuff so now the dancers are like 
hologram images in front of you here in Austin. And it was just like, it took you a second to even comprehend the entertainment aspect of it because you're just so consumed by what is actually happening. And then you're just like, this is on another level of tech and art and performance and production. And they were just like trying something out. You know, yeah. that, that Sony factory that year was just one of those things where they're like, we're going to bring all of our designers from Japan and show you all the cool stuff that nobody else has seen yet. Super um, it seemed like a lot for me to like call my family when I lived in Japan. Yeah. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Uh, it turns out I'm full of shit. But for me, one of the, uh, one of the probably more fun uh, productions that really sticks out to me was the, the first big gig we got as um, our production company is called Independent Event Creatives. So we got a gig and we had, we had just started this company. We had started a photo booth company on the side when we, after he was done touring with Marvel and I was done touring with bands. We were both back in Austin and we're like, all right, what do we do? We, we started a photo booth company for a little while. That didn't, that wasn't what we thought it was going to be. So we're like, we need to get back into events. So we were, had just started this production company. Like we didn't even really have like a legal name yet. I'm in the middle of putting a website together and we got a, potential bid that we could get a, this gig with Twix, the candy bar. They were doing a big brand activation at Luster Pearl on Rainy and they needed some art um, installations built out um, and they had three weeks to do it. So we get the call like 30 days and I'm like selling myself as if we have a production company <laughs> and as if we have like, I mean, we had the experience to do the project, but we didn't have a business entity to like, prove to just send somebody a link and be like here's what we do yeah. um so yeah, right. that was really <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i'm like getting the business name and getting a bank account like all at the same time that i'm like negotiating what's going to happen for this project so this was like it was probably one of my favorites because i just learned so much through this short yeah. amount of time you got it done and we're also at that time working out of our two-car garage in a condo so twix was like we need 10 modular art installation like booths themed around different musician groups and um you know you need to fabricate them off site and just install them and we're like cool got it now we're like looking at our two-car garage like how are we gonna do all this and luckily we got negotiated down to where it was only like five pieces but still we ended up having to purchase like 300 milk crates because they wanted the backdrops to be fabricated out of milk crates mm -hmm. and then it was just a very weird but fun creative project because it was all over the place. There was music, there was photography stuff, there was, you know, all these milk crates to play with. Um, and then it was, you know, like two weeks straight again of like creating everything in our two-car garage, which doesn't have enough space to do anything but one thing at a time. So you got to do that one thing and push it to the side and then clear it out and make more room to do the other thing and then push that away. And and it was just a lot. And, you know, then the client is like, oh, send us some photos of some updates. And we're like, I can't just send you a photo of my garage. Like, it's not yeah. going to sell it well. Yeah. Um, but we got through and like we knocked out of the park. They were super happy with us. And we ended up working with them again the following year. Um, so that was probably one of my my favorite ones. It's awesome. All right. We, we still have like 250 milk crates if you need some milk crates. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? You got any questions? Questions? Raise your hands high. Not all at once. Good. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Clay and Mateo, us. for coming out. Uh, guys, yeah, let's give them a round of applause. Well, I think there's a few tickets still hanging out around the place. Uh, so not everybody run out at once, uh, but to the death. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you so much to Native Hostel. Thanks, everyone. Out. And um, I would like to thank my friends uh, from Metahertz Lab, Andrew, for coming out and doing the graphics today. Uh, you can find him, Metahertz Lab, on Instagram. He's doing some really cool stuff. Um, I would also like to thank our sponsor, Alive and Well. And uh, we also have some vendors outside. Um, selling some jewelry so go check them out show them some love um, but most of all thank you to all of you guys for coming out and uh, supporting what we're trying to do here and uh, y'all are the most important part of allowing people to continue to express themselves and the continual progression of this city 
Um, so let's continue to do that. Let's continue to show up for one another. And uh, let's have a damn good time doing it. All right? Thank you. Signing out. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.